Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Digital Grocer. I'm your host, Sylvain Perrier, and I think this is episode seven, season four. I mean, I know it's been at least 42 episodes in, and as always, I am joined by Mark Ferris, our VP of Marketing. Mark, welcome. Thank you, sir. Nice to see you. It's How are you to, doing? I'm um, considering that we are now back in a state of emergency here in beautiful Ontario. Yeah. Uh, no, no curfews, but you know, I think we're, we're doing the best that we can, I think. Yeah. I, I think they just made that announcement about an hour or two ago. About an, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So four, four weeks of, uh, restricted retail. Yeah. So, going out. so gross grocery stores will stay open, but I, my understanding was what's going to change here is the fact that. Um, I don't want to call it non-essential retail, but non-food retail is essentially going to be working under reduced hours. Yeah. Does that include the big box? Because we know there's been controversy there. It's I don't know With yet. The Costco's it's, and the WalMarts. I don't know. It's it's it was you know, the Ford government was very vague, but in any case, I mean the reality here is they're doing this to protect the public and to make sure that we're safe. Yeah. In any case, 100%. now talking about the pandemic, I mean, this it's a reoccurring theme on our on our uh, video log podcast that you and I talk about. I mean, a lot of retailers today have been benefiting because of the uptick in grocery commerce. Uh, I think the numbers were just published yesterday or it was today. I mean, the days are just kind of melding into each other. But Albertson's Q3 <laughs> numbers hit 12.3%. Roughly a two, yeah. you know, something like a two, overall a two hundred and twenty five percent increase. Like it's a ridiculous number. Yeah, it's it's staggering what um, a lot of retailers are realizing with uh, the way their basket, the, the order frequency is going up through the roof. It's yeah. and we're seeing it ourselves. We're seeing it ourselves. Every I day. mean, we're, we saw numbers now that are you know far exceeding prior to the holidays. You know, minus minus some of the uh, seasonal events that we're seeing around snow or, or bad weather. I mean, that uptick in the basket continues to go and so on. Now, Albertsons put a interesting decision on the table that I wanted to talk about really quickly is they've made the decision to lay off some of their employees and to replace them with gig workers. And that's kind of interesting, or spe specifically with some of the laws that are changing across the industry. Right, 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 I, yeah, and, and and that's in the wake of Prop Twenty Two being passed, right? Right, it's in the wake of Prop Twenty Two. It's equally there's modifications that are occurring on Prop Twenty Two. What's unknown here is when they say Albertsons, what's the impact down at Safeway? I mean, we know historically, you know, from the retailers that we talk to. Safeway was the one retailer you'd go to California to kind of see how do they invest in their fleet of vehicles and uh, how are they set, setting up their labor model? How are they handling the additional insurance? So it'll be interesting to see what this means, uh, you know, fundamentally for Albertsons uh, as a retailer. But one question, Mark, and I know you and I have been on quite a few calls in the last little while talking to retailers and we're consistently asked what does it mean, you know, setting up your own delivery service? Do I have to go buy my own vehicles? How do I recruit for this? What are some of the risks? How, what are my performance standards and so on? And, and this is, you know, at Mercatus, we're a technology company. 
we're not necessarily recruiting drivers to do this type of work and so on. You know, we have a lot of third parties that we've integrated to be able to deliver to our deliver services to our clients. So I really want us to to kind of demystify this today. So to help us out with this key subject, joining us uh, from his home, uh, safety of his home, I should say, uh, is Aaron Hageman. And most people, I don't, I'm not sure if our if our team or our retailers have ever heard of him, but he actually is the founder and the CEO of Delivery Drivers Inc. Great company, and they're experts in contract management services for last mile deliveries. And so essentially, what does that mean? They actually connect clients with qualified independent contract drivers. And I, I got to tell you, th this is as not as easy as just recruiting people. There's a lot of business science. There's HR technology. And there's a whole heck of a lot of practical knowledge and experience uh, that you're going to bring together to do this really successfully. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on tonight. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your company. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really, really proud of everything we've done at DDI and all the things we're evolving into doing this year as well. Uh, we've been in business for over 25 years. And as you really well said at the beginning here, we support last mile delivery programs in a lot of different industries, uh, grocery delivery included, of course, uh, with regards to all of their 1099 HR support needs simply falls into three categories. We spend a lot of time onboarding workers, handling the accounting and taxes associated with workers, and last but not least, risk management of the workers. Uh, so we'll be able to dig into different pieces of that today and running those because when we think of onboarding, it begins conversations around, of course, recruiting, but uh, detailed conversations I'm excited to have around like screening and evolution and background checks and things like that and diligence and compliance and, and as you had alluded to onboarding technology. Uh, and of course, uh, the evolutions, uh, we alluded, we talked about Prop 22 already today a little bit uh, um, and some of the changes that would mean, for example, in benefits and insurance management and things like that for the 1099 world. So it's uh, complex and evolving and uh, exciting. So uh, we help a lot of companies at the end of the day, I'd finish and say, uh, with facilitating their delivery programs in-house through sort of a light, white label 1099 program that lets you still so, or sort of own that customer experience with your, you know, with your customers as the as the grocer in this case, you know. So I'm excited to talk about that third party conversation and and how to do this in different ways today. Well, that's great. So so let's take a step back in time and. Uh, a little bit of a back to the future here. So it's Wednesday, March 11th, and President Trump is addressing the nation, and he's he's talking about shutting down the borders at this point. I know from our perspective, the next day was complete chaos. Non-Mercatus clients, potential clients calling us saying we need help. Mercatus clients calling, we need to scale our operations. What happened in your world that next day? And, and, you know, over the course of the last six months. Yeah, where to begin? Great question. It has been a, a textbook lesson in entrepreneurial scaling up. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's growth time. So we've been hiring a lot, expanding programs uh, and, you know, doing a lot of things because the scenario you described is exactly what happened with us. Our sales team got phone calls from 
all different retail sectors, grocery included, of course, that are saying, man, we need to pivot to survive and find a solution uh, to facilitate a delivery program. Uh, many jumped to some incumbent solutions like Postmates and Uber Eats and, you know, whatever the maybe Oper, you know, DoorDash or partner is in their sector to facilitate some of these things, but a lot of solutions were being looked for. You couple that with some of our big partners and retail partners out there like Walmart in the grocery program, for example, and it was just buckle down, get ready, no days off. <laughs> it's busy. And, and how I'm kind of curious now, how do you recruit drivers? Because I don't think it's as easy as posting a, 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 a job ad out there on, on JobShark or some of the other job boards. Not at scale, uh, not at volume and, you know, going through the whole thing. So it's a first dance part of the answer is it's a full process where you're going to look at everything from, as you had alluded to, the data, the analytics, and all of the forecasting, the strategy work, the manpower planning, looking at a workforce that when we know in the gig economy at last mile is he you know, has heavy turnover. So you got to be prepared to do that, keep up with growth, and somehow predict trends in a time we've never quite experienced before along the way. Uh, so, so that's one piece of it is a lot of strategic planning and, you know, work around that secondarily, a lot of technology that leads to automation and speed, uh, and also accuracy and allows us to move really quickly on that side as well. Uh, and, and last but not least, it's not as simple as running an ad on Craigslist or, you know, indeed, or these types of things. So it's a multi-pronged approach, one driven by a lot of things we might associate typically with marketing campaigns, you know, search SEO search rates and pay-per-click campaigns and, you know, going to social media for driver recruiting the same way we may take some of our businesses and social media to buy customers. And, and so. I'm, I'm, this isn't a question. It's just you said something that's kind of interesting. I think I, everything, yeah. you're, everything you're saying is interesting. But in our world, when it comes to e-commerce, there are certain markets that are just more beneficial to operate in. You know, I think the West Coast, I mean, the consumers are more attuned, but it's more of a delivery culture in on the West Coast versus what we see in, in parts of the middle of the United States. Are you finding today... COVID aside, there are markets that are just more difficult to get really, not just to get drivers, but really good drivers. Yes, fundamentally. Um, and two-part challenge, the way I would think about it. So one, smaller markets, hmm. right? Now there's suddenly a need in town you've never heard of, Kansas, <laughs> to, to find drivers to facilitate our program and to, to get to our customers. Uh, you know, that need us. So, so that is a challenge, right? That's where we have to be pretty crafty, pretty creative. And I'm not saying this program is economically the cheapest thing out there, you know, keeping up with driver turnover and labor. It's, it's a big full-time job. Um, but the second part of the answer beyond where I think it's that uh, obvious, you know, it's harder to find drivers where we need them all now is in the markets that were already in high demand that you referenced, take a Seattle or a San Francisco, or a West Coast market, as you'd said, that might already be attuned to this uh, type of, you know, service and uh, convenience in their life, that has scaled up significantly. And so the cost per acquisition of finding drivers in those markets is significantly higher. It's just more competitive than ever. Right. right. And and so let's say, let's say Albertsons, my 
hypothetical mm-hmm. example, they come to you and they say, we are making a fundamental change in our business. We want to outsource this. It makes no sense. What's what's the lead time that you look to be able to do a full-scale program at the size of an Albertsons? Well, pretty proud of what we could do at DDI these days because uh, we uh, onboard thousands of drivers a week in small to large markets right now at massive scale. So we have the ability, the software platform and the infrastructure to bring really most grocers to scale real quickly. Uh, you know, my girlfriend always says in Southern California, like where's Trader Joe's with their delivery program, <laughs> you know, looking for those types of solutions and things like that. Um, but, uh, so we can move real quickly. Usually we have a program that'd be anywhere set up, uh, with a couple of weeks of planning that we would set up a launch program, we would say to go T minus four, T minus six, you're sourcing you know, a few weeks out before a launch and then manage scale for the next 10 weeks after that. So till sort of market maturity, you get your driver base and you go from there. Wow. Well, and, and so I was having that Mark and I, I think we're on a call uh, with a CIO um, out on the West Coast. This would have been last week. And you know, we were talking about click and collect versus delivery and so on. And he said, you know, we're, we don't want to do delivery right now. It just doesn't make sense for us. There's, we're concerned around risk. And, and I said, well, could you give me an example? Well, sure. Let's, you know, the, the driver doing something at the door that he shouldn't. And how do we carry that liability? So I would love to hear from you, you know, our expert on, on the call today. What kind of risks do you see out there? And how do you, how do you mitigate those? It's a great question because if I was in the room, I probably would have said something similar to what you said, which is risk. You really got to define the risk because, you know, when we think of driver risk at the point of contact Mm -hmm. these days, most of my conversations go around safety, Uh, PPE, COVID, uh, do 1099 workers through maybe our technology and dispatch to have the right to choose on their own volition because they're not employees you know the ability to say oh yes i'm willing to do contact deliveries non-contact deliveries because i know in grocery very specifically all laws in almost every jurisdiction around the country require an id exchange when alcohol which is obviously a significant revenue source for our grocery customers you know that alcohol is available for delivery so these require not a, a dead dump dead drop delivery as i would say but contact and things like that so having the right hr plan the right technology and that opportunity and all those things on that side of the conversation is an example of the risk at the point of contact uh, liability you know i still want to know are we talking about dropping the food you know and spoiling deliveries are we talking about that you know extended liability around like risk and theft or you know things like that or you know malicious crimes that are associated with these things uh there are absolutely opportunities to do the best background checks and screenings to approach this conversation for risk mitigation for the, the corporate grocers and so so you're recruiting thousands of drivers on a weekly basis i mean your ramp up time is you know sounds like it's really fast how how are you managing like a consistent brand experience specifically you're deploying so many people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times drivers these days are deployed uh, to a primary partner. 
You know, it seems mm. to be the way it works. Your drivers find their partner when you're, even when you're a gig driver, we did surveys recently. I just saw from my team today, I think uh, from a quick survey, 60% of the network was actively doing other gigs, you know, doing Uber, mm. doing Lyft and doing other things like that at the same time. Um, so getting them on really fast and working, they're, they're used to sort of juggling between partners on here. So uh, the brand experience is not so much about the drivers. We're not making drivers wear hats that say, you know, Albertsons and Safeway and things like that anymore. It becomes around branding on owning that experience with our customer as the grocer as much as we can. That's the conversation I'm having. You know, are we able to uh, own the customer, the brand, the data? And that involves like, are we taking the order initially with that customer? Are we handling customer service communications, uh, things like that? So um, a detailed conversation, if you really want to get into the weeds around brand experience, because I knew we might bring this up. I was thinking about it. It's uh, driver communications to the customer varies. I've seen with my different partners. And what I mean by that is uh, with partner A, if I'm the customer and I have a customer service inquiry, maybe a change, maybe this, maybe that, I might have to go to my grocer partner. In scenario B, I might have direct communications with my 1099 delivery driver as a customer. And so there's, a, I think, a conscious strategic decision that we make as the grocer in this scenario, you know, with us and DDI and our partners here, on how is that communication handled then? And how do we want to have that happen? You know, do we want the driver to have a direct contact experience or do we want to control that for lack of a better term and, you know, mitigate that? And do we want to own that? In that latter scenario, a lot of times, you know, customers will, uh, you know, have their own rules uh, around that and, and want to do that. So, you know, that's an example. Wow. wow. And so Albertson is going to make this big change shifting from one model to the next what's what's your thoughts like if you had to advise the albertson's team and say you need to be mindful of these things yeah well uh, to that question specifically didn't see that one coming so uh, that's a fun question <laughs> uh i know i had a prep question or two on this one it wasn't on the list so it's sorry sorry uh, no no i like it i like it <laughs> uh no what would the advice be? you know no, not at all. I'm ready for that one. No, I think of the, the DDI pieces, right? I think of what's important for enterprise level grocery delivery. And, you know, we participate in this game and it caught their conversation runs velocity and risk mitigation and not ever in my experience a willingness to, to cut any corners on background checks and things like that. So do we have the fastest, best, and let's be candid at this scale, most economically viable right. HR solution out there. Those are the three points of concern. Now, secondarily, let's talk about, from my side, I would talk about what we do then. So, okay, let's talk about onboarding. Now we're going to talk about the economics of the accounting and the taxes, you know, the payroll engines and, you know, making sure we have best in market. Because if you're Albertsons, to use the name specifically in your example, you know, you're, you're first in class. You're one of the big three grocers, right? So you're going to want to make sure that everybody's got the best experience out there and, and all that. Amazing. Now, I want you to pull out your crystal ball. All right. And we're seeing a lot of legislative change happening. You know, California, you know, is typically the first state to spark a lot of things, whether it's Prop 22, CCPA, all those great things. And when you're thinking about the gig economy, 
a new administration is coming in to you know in a, in a few matter of days quite frankly at this point what do you foresee changing around gig workers and protecting their rights and so on yeah, great question. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about what's going to happen. This has been the core of what we've done at DDI for 25 years. It's 1099 compliance, you know, facilitating all the HR programs, but at the end of the day, making sure that the 1099 game is facilitated correctly. So one, it's just an insane, complicated roadmap, uh, especially for, I think, the level of the conversation we're having today, where our business operations in most cases are scaling, even for regional grocers across multiple states. Mm -hmm. The 1099 definition in New Mexico versus Texas versus Colorado is different oh. and is continually evolving. And, you know, we see things like Prop 22 in California, which is a specific pass on California's unique evolution to take on what is or is not a 1099 worker versus a W-2 worker. Whereas then I can tell you with authority that Oregon has a different test and Washington has a different test. So if you're a West Coast grocer, you need to be able to facilitate this labor, employment and labor law roadmap with partners like DDI and you know we're having, that's where we fit in on these things to make sure that you know when we're recruiting or when we're doing the accounting and taxes all the different pieces they're done right you know how injury insurance is done for a 1099 driver in California is now different than other states and so there are you asked the crystal ball question which i don't really it's already started to you know come to vision <laughs> in the sense that Pennsylvania New York the federal government behind the current outgoing administration has recently passed on January 8th, just an updated Department of Labor, you know, to federal guidelines on here, which changes the underlying state if the state didn't make their own rules. So the roadmap is changing and the sands that we all are sort of working on are very shifting on here. So you need a full time proactive effort on this conversation. This is fascinating. So, Aaron, for our listeners that I'm sure are going to want to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? You know, these days, I think I found in this platform the best way is LinkedIn. Mm. So, you got my name on the screen. It's Aaron Hagman. Pretty straightforward. If you find me on there and hit DDI, uh, connect with me directly. Uh, I'm happy to engage in a quick conversation there and then, you know, bring in the right team members, whether it's technology or business development or, or risk management, whoever we need to join the conversation on that side. But, but for me, LinkedIn is a great, great way. So. Awesome. And Mark, how do people get a hold of us? Yeah, it's very simple. It's uh, digitalgrocer.com um, or follow us on our social channels like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Very easy to access. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Episode 7, don't forget to keep your eye out to download Episode 8, Season 4. Peace.